Let's talk about this. If you got your Bible, you want to go to Acts chapter 3. And we'll be there in just a moment. Uh, I don't know uh, if you've heard. Have you heard that there is a uh, revival spark that seems to have happened in Kentucky? Have you heard some of that? I think it's gotten some national news coverage and all that. It's at Asbury University and uh, thousands of people over the last few days. It's only been a few days, a couple weeks maybe going on, almost two weeks now. Uh, thousands of people, including many college students, uh, young folks, experiencing a powerful move of God there on the university. And from what I understand, it's, it's, um, it's spread out to other places and campuses and things like that. Uh, what's really neat about it is there's no celebrity preacher involved. There's no uh, high-powered bands or musicians involved. There's no, no real hype. You know, sometimes we, we kind of hype it and call it something, and it's just a bunch of emotion. Uh, it's not that at all, it doesn't seem like. It's, it's, it's what they're calling a prayer revival. People are just hungry. They're gathering. Uh, they're worshiping. They're, they're hearing the word of the Lord, and they're seeking God in a very unusual way. Uh, has anybody heard about this? Anybody? Some of y'all have heard about it? Uh, I don't know what's... Um, I mean, this, you know, our college campuses have been wrecked by all kinds of humanism and all kinds of insanity over the last generation or two. And it's just a, a, a miracle to see that happening on a college campus. That's, it's a miracle. Um, I've heard that the dominant factor is, is the tangible presence of God in the meetings. Uh, just to talk to a few people and read a few things, maybe like some of y'all have read, and just try to search it out. And, and Lord willing, I'm... If it, if it keeps going, I'm going to go up there and see what's happening. I just I want to be a part of anything God's doing. And if it's something we can get and take our bucket and get it pulled and bring it home, go for it. Do it. Amen. Uh, but the tangible presence of God in the meetings, that's, that's an unusual thing for us sometimes. Um, that where you just come into a place or you come into a prayer room or wherever you might be. It might be in your, your own vehicle. It might be in your own, in, in your own personal space and time. Uh, to just feel God's presence. And I, I don't, some of you have felt that from time to time. Some of you maybe need to feel that. Uh, but I, I've got marked places in my life where I know for a fact uh, I met with God and God met with me. And God help us to have that kind of atmosphere uh, when we gather together. Because we don't, we, we got enough interaction with humans. I mean, we need that. We need fellowship. But what about God? You know, when we come to church, especially, that's, that's what I want. I, I come, I'm glad to see y'all. I mean, I, we, we gather together, we love each other, and we fellowship, and it's wonderful to see you. It's wonderful to laugh together. It's wonderful to sing together and do all that and handshake and catch up on a couple things. That's a wonderful thing. But if that's all we got, then it's just it's nothing no different in the country club up the street. You understand that? So we need something more than just, just the gathering of ourselves together. We need the Word of God to be present with us and, and the literal tangible presence of God from time to time to be in our midst. And, you know, from the, in the book of Acts, it says like, like they, they knew that those people had been with Jesus. How, how, what is that? that? That's something. That's something. It's got, it's got a mystery to it that sparks a hunger in us. So I'm not altogether clear what's going on. Uh, but I will say this. If God is pouring out his spirit, I want to be a part of it. I need to be a part of it. I'm getting too old to play. I'm getting too old to waste days and months and years. Uh, this, this is the last fruitful season of my life, this stretch that, that we're in. I'm hoping it's going to last a while. But this is, this is God's, God's honed us and shaped us and dealt with us and been merciful to us. And he's, he's knocked some rough edges off and he's had to reset sometimes with us. And we've gotten off track and he's pulled us back. He's got a lot invested in us. And this needs to be the most fruitful season of our life. We've got a lot to give. We've got a lot locked up in us that the world needs to know about. 
And if the Lord is moving on this dry, desolate, backslidden nation, I won't be a part of it. And if, if, if you know, I, I'm a hope-filled guy. I, I, I believe God's going to work it all out somehow or another. But our nation is backslidden. The church as a whole is backslidden. And the only way to cure backsliding is to front slide. You understand that? That's the only way to cure it. And if the Spirit of God is sending His wind, He's, he's breathing His breath across the land, I, will, I want to raise up my sail. And I, I can't create the wind. But I can, I can make a sail. And I can raise it up. And I can say, hey, hey, I want to catch that. And I want it to take me wherever He wants to take me. Whatever that means for us. It means maybe different things for, for different people. But we need it. We need to allow God to do what he wants to do. But we need to posture ourselves. Look at this verse right here. We'll be in Acts 3 in just a moment. And I'm not going to preach very long on purpose this morning. We're going to have an extended prayer time, Lord willing. Look at this verse, though, right here. The prophet says this, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is loyal to him. Now, I get a picture of that. I, I get a picture of God just looking down. In, in South Alabama, looking around, like, is there anybody, is there anybody that I can just bless? Is there anybody that I can pour my goodness upon and it won't kill them, it won't ruin them? Is there anybody I can give resource and blessing and talent and gifts and ability and then not destroy their lives? Is there anybody that I can pour my spirit out upon? And he's looking and he's searching. Is it, is it over here? Is it over here? Is there anybody in this family? Is there anybody over here in this church? Is there anybody whose heart is loyal towards me? Not just what I got to give, but whose heart is loyal towards me. I want to find that person and I want to pour everything I can upon them. And we ought to be over there jumping them down. Saying, you know, like a kid in the back of the classroom who thinks he's got the answer. <laughs> Getting the teacher's attention. That's what we ought to do. We, we, we ought to have a lifestyle to where we, we are just trying to plug in and get his attention. Because he, he's got power he hadn't used yet. He's got goodness he hadn't poured out yet. Hmm. And I want to say, God, show yourself strong in my life and our lives. Amen? Amen. So we desperately need a move of God in our nation, in our communities in our churches and in our homes, desperately. And without a move of God, I fear our nation is going to be driven into more collapse. You, you understand what I'm talking about? Are we awake yet? Everybody done woke up. Is anybody awake? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And without a significant outpouring of the Holy Spirit, listen to me, especially moms and dads, without a significant outpouring of the Holy Spirit, our children and grandchildren will be eternally lost. And I'm not joking about that. That is no laughing matter. And they're going to be led away by demonic powers and forces who are bent on leading them into confusion about their own identity, even who they are. Just bent on it. Have you, not even, have you picked up on this? It's just bent on leading them into all sorts of chaos and confusion. And his goal is eternal death. That's what he wants. For our children. And, grand and, and if we don't have a move of God in our generation, our kids won't even know the Jesus we serve. That's true. Hmm. So are you hungry? That's my question. Have we gotten desperate enough? Are we longing to be a part of what God is doing to rescue lives around us? And maybe even rescue our own. And maybe, if we cooperate with God, maybe rescue our nation. 
All right, so, so now, here, here's a couple things in Acts 3, just a few. Here's some things that I, I want us to do. Now, I'm not saying God's going to replicate what he's doing elsewhere. My goal for us is just to posture ourselves in a way that be pleasing to him. What, whatever that means for us, to posture ourselves and for God to be pleased. Now, we leave the outcome to him. Whatever he wants to do, that's what he does. But he's given us instruction on some, some things we need to do. So I, I want us to do some things to make sure we don't miss out, personally and corporately. Uh, there's a powerful move that happened in the book of Acts. You're, you're aware of it. In Acts chapter 2, the, the Spirit was poured out. Wonderful time. We get to Acts chapter 3, and it's a, a crazy miracle happens. There's a guy who's basically been a beggar all of his life. He's, he's crippled. And he's at the gate. He's at this gate of the temple, and it's called the Beautiful Gate. And it's named the Beautiful Gate because it's, it's a really beautiful place. But, but there's this guy sitting at a beautiful place, and he's got a real ugly problem. It's, it, his life is devastated. And Peter and John are going to pray. This is kind of their daily ritual. They're going to go pray in the temple while they're in Jerusalem. Let's go, let's go pray. It's the hour of prayer is what it says. So they go to pray into the temple and they walk by this guy. And, and I don't know how many times they've seen him. But this time they see him. You know, you know what I'm talking about. This time they see him. And they stop in their tracks. And this guy's just, he's got his tin cup out and he's just begging. He's saying, I just need a little bit of money so I can get a little bit of lunch. The hamburgers are kind of expensive here in Jerusalem these days. I need a little bit of lunch. That's all he wants. And Peter looks at him and says, hey, look at us. Hey, hey, look at me. That's pretty bold now. He's getting pretty bold. Something's on Peter that needs to jump on this man. Something's in Peter that needs to come out of him and into that man. And that's what's going to happen. And he says, look at us. <laughs> My paraphrase. We just a couple broke preachers. Silver and gold have we none. That's that, that's that passage. Silver and gold have we none. But what we do have, we give to you. And in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they snatched him up. His legs gained life. And boom, he throws a party in the whole temple and messed up the whole prayer meeting. That's a good day. That's what's just happened. Okay. That's what's just happened. This, this glorious miracle has just happened in the name of Jesus, by the power of Jesus, through the apostle Peter and John. This has just happened. And this guy is dancing and jumping and leaping and pulling up his, his tunic and saying, Man, look at my legs. Look at my legs. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Can't you tell? That's that, that, yeah, he, he's got his beggar clothes still on. That's him. Look, I, and he's jumping up and down going crazy. Well, that creates quite a ruckus. Evidently, there's thousands of people there watching because 2,000 of them are going to get born again this day. So there's thousands of people that begin to gather with this, this miracle that's taking place, this notable miracle. And then Peter says, you can read the sermon. It's, it's an amazing sermon. I just want to take a, a small part of it. And I want to talk to you about catch the wind in Acts three nineteen through 21. Just this real small piece that Peter gives direction to everyone involved, and I believe the Holy Spirit wanted us to see it and hear it so it would wrap around our hearts and minds and just bring us into where we, want, where we need to be. All right, this is what he says. He's getting to this, the altar call, if you want to say it like that. Verse 19, Acts 3. Repent, therefore, this whole crowd of people he's talking to. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, 
so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. All right, there's a few things right here and, and easy, I'm going to make it real easy to remember. I don't usually do this but they're all going to start with R, okay? The first one is repent. It's obvious. He tells them to repent. You know, how, how do you respond to, to a miraculous move of God? How do you respond to the presence of God that just absolutely invades your life? How do you respond to God? Well, the first thing, it's throughout the text. It's throughout all the prophets. It's throughout the apostles, throughout the New Testament. The very first thing that God requires of us is that we humble ourselves and we repent before him. Now, that may be different things to different people. But the idea of repentance is the idea to change your mind. To, to think differently is what the idea is. To think differently about God. To change your mind about your life and the direction your life is headed. To change your mind about sin. To change your mind about all of the aspects of your life. To change your mind about your future. I like what one guy said. He said it means to think about what you've been thinking about. Hmm. To reconsider. To reconsider where you are. Not everybody else. You know, we're pointing fingers and say the world's going to hell in a handbasket while our lives are crumbling right before us. And that's not everybody. But some of us ain't doing so well. And we take the heat off of us and we say, we talk about D.C. and we talk about the White House. Hey, God's not worried about the White House this morning. He's worried about your house. He's worried about you. He's concerned about you because what happens right here is that a group of people individually come to God and then a revival breaks out across the community. But it starts... With you, with me, with one. To reconsider where you are and in, in, in light of. Not just where you are in life as far as what you want your career to be or your retirement package to be or, or what you want your portfolio to look like or, or what you, how you want your husband to change and how you want your wife to do this and that and the other. Not, not that kind of deal. But to reconsider where you are in light of where God wants you to be. That's Repentance. Sometimes we measure ourselves with the wrong measuring stick. And if you do that, you can spend years of your life in deception. Hmm. Repentance. This, this stirring of the heart. This restlessness that comes when God begins to deal with you. That's how repentance comes on. When God begins to deal with you. Not, not just everybody. I mean, we all need it. But, but you. You. How you respond to that stirring is important. And that entails repentance. Okay, so the other idea. So repent. Everybody say repent. Keep, get, that, get that in your mind. That's, that's one of them. And then he says repent and be converted. The idea of be con- converted. Is the, the, the word there is to return. So repent and return to God. Return to God. So if, 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 if the apostle is saying return to God, what is, what is the implication? Somebody moved and, and it wasn't God. Somebody went the wrong direction and it wasn't God. So he's saying return, return. Come back to Jesus. Come back to God. Come back. It's repent and be converted. Like the prodigal who had wasted his reputation. He wasted his integrity. He wasted his father's uh, reputation. He wasted his father's resources. He wasted his opportunities. He wasted years of his life. And there came a moment in time sitting in the hog pen, dirty, smelling like slop. 
Because of his own decisions, because of what he had lost. He had, had to go, he ended up at the pawn shop. Everything he had, had to liquidate it just to survive. It wasted all the wealth and all the resources. That's what prodigal means, to waste. And there came a time where, see, this is repentance again. He came to himself. Remember that? Remember the story? That's my go-to story. I love it. it because guess who Luke 15 is about? Yeah, I could write that book. I could write that book. Hmm. And there came a time and he said, it's time for me to go back home. It's nonsense. I'm eating corn husk and slop out of this pit and my life is a wreck and I don't even know what it's going to be like, but I got to get home. That's return, right? It's time to come back to Jesus now. I don't know what that means for you. You, you, you may be years into sin. You may be watching us on, online, listening to us on one of our podcasts. You, you might, might be out there. That may mean that you, you're far away from God. Or you might be here in the church or going to your church and you just drifted. You, you just drifted. Kind, kind of like you do when you go to Panama City Beach, you know. And it's just a nice day, nice breeze blowing, the waves just rolling in. You get out there on that little raft. And then you doze off. And you started right in front of your hotel. And you just drifted. The waves carried you, carried you, carried you. And then you come to yourself and a little wave hits you and splashes you on your face. And you look up and you're like, where am I? And you're half a mile down in front of the Joe's Crab Shack. You had no idea was even there. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever done that but me? Yeah. Well, you didn't swim there. You didn't just intend to go there. But you fell asleep. Hello. And you drifted. It's a lot of church folks do that. I'm reminded again of what Jesus said to one of his churches in early chapters of the book of Revelation. You have left your first love. You left your first. It's time, it's, it's time to come back. It's time to come back. Whatever that means for you, it's time to return. Get back to a vibrant fellowship with God. Get back with a vibrant fellowship with Jesus, the only one who can save you. That's available for everybody. Not, not just preachers, not, hmm, not just prophets, not just Bible guys. That's us. Return. So repent. In return, and the results are, he said, if you, if you will just repent, humble yourself, and, and let's rethink this thing, and respond to me and, and return. He said, I, I, all your sins, even though they're a bunch, I'll, I'll just take my big eraser and I'll just blot them all out. I'll just wipe the slate clean. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, I, I, if you're all holy and you just done everything right, that don't mean nothing to you. But if you lived in the struggle like many of us have, that means a lot. That means a lot. And you're out there in that world and it's, it, it, you, yeah. And this, this is what I really, this is what really draw me, drawed me to the text. When you repent and return, 
Here's the, the promise of forgiveness of sins. Is, that's a good thing. I mean, it's like the Bible lets me know not to be worried about coming back home no matter what state I'm in, that I can come back home. And if I come back home, I'm going to find a father there who is willing to wipe the slate clean. That's good news. That's, that's news the world doesn't know about. That's really good news because, see, we got this picture of God. Man, I've messed it up and blown it so much and so hard that if I do not, if I come back, boom, it's a lightning bolt for me. That's not what the good news says. But when we return, the promise is this, that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. That's the phrase that just kind of came in my mind yesterday morning, times of refreshing. I was actually reading one of the reports of what was happening in, in Kentucky. And that's what the Holy Spirit just quickened in my mind. Times of refreshing. This is what this is. This is what God longs for his people. So what is refreshing? It's, it's the idea of being rejuvenated. It's the idea of, of recovering strength, recovering courage. It's the idea of recovering conviction. It's the idea of recovering our hope. And we've been through so much in the last few years. It's, it's been absolutely one thing after another on a personal level and on a, on a global level, really. And everywhere we turn, it seems like it's something, the wind's getting knocked out of us. Even saints, everywhere we turn, we hear somebody getting persecuted for their faith and, and the, just the wind comes out of us. And God said, what I want for my people is for them to repent and return back to me. And when they do, I will open up heaven and I will send a refreshing wind that will rejuvenate their soul. See, David knew a little bit about this when he wrote Psalm 23, when he said, he restores my soul. He, he knew a little bit about this. To replenish. To replenish. And I, I just listed those, those several things there. And each one of them are worthy of an hour of talking, but, but replenish our strength. Hmm. You get beat up a lot. Some of you are toting some pretty heavy loads. Replenish our courage. This is not the day to, to lay back. This is not the day to, to, to faint. This is not the day to do less. This is a day when warriors have to rise. This is a day when people have to learn to fight the good fight of faith. This is a day where we need more courage to share the name of Jesus and to be Jesus' people more than ever. We need courage from God. I mean, I'm not talking, see, He needs to encourage us. And we do that for one another. Encourage, because there's so much else in life and so much else in the world. What they're trying to do is discourage. They're just trying to pull all that courage out of me where I'm just a, a nice little old Christian that's not going to bother nobody. I'm not going to upset the devil. I'm just going to go and do my thing and hide over here in my corner and hold on till Jesus comes. No! That's not how it works. And if you think the devil's going to leave you alone, you got another thing coming. And if we're not going to bow our knee, knee to all of the acronyms that are coming after us, all the little three-letter numbers, three letters that everybody keeps coming up with, there's a new one every day, it seems like. And they're all coming. And if you're not going to bow your knee, and if I'm not going to bow my knee, you, you better get a time of refreshing and rejuvenation because you're going to need it. This, this time of refreshing is God breathing out and us breathing in. It's kind of like the term of a, a breath of fresh air. You know what he's talking about? That? Well, what, what if? What if that air 
is the supernatural air of heaven. Hmm. But what if that's what it is? Because that's what it is. The word spirit is the word wind or breath. And it's God himself. What if that's what it is? God's, God's saying, I want to breathe out. I'm, I'm looking all over the earth. And I want to breathe out my wind for anybody that will say, I'll take it. <laughs> Times are refreshing. Lord, refresh us. And the last one, restoration. Look at this promise. The times of refreshing will come and that he may send Jesus Christ. The father would send Jesus Christ whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. So it gets all the way to the restoration of all things, which is, is, is a renewal of our hope in the return of Jesus to restore our broken world. And don't we need that? We need to believe that God is able to restore. And, and here, here here's, 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 a, here's a family secret. We can get in on some of that now. Not all of it. He, he's going to bring the kingdom in its fullness when he returns. And I, I can't wait for that moment. I can't wait for that moment when death is gone, pain is gone, tears are gone, sorrow has gone. All that mess that we have to deal with, all that sin and struggle. I cannot wait for that day when he says it's over. Go! And he's going to walk up to each one of us, and I don't know how he's going to do it, and he's going to wipe every tear out of our eye. He, however long you've lived this life, 85 years, 65 years, 45 years of tears and pain and struggle, he's going to look at you and supernaturally, he's going to wipe your face clean, and he's going to say, you're home now. Oh, that's over. I, I can't wait for that now. We've we got to keep stirring each other up about that. But, I believe, and I believe this scripture bears it out, that we can taste a little bit of heaven on earth here. That, that's really what our gatherings are to be like. That's really what our fellowship and our relationships are to be like. And that's really what it's to be like when you bring the preacher banana pudding. It's like a little bit of heaven on earth. <laughs> and we begin to enjoy life. And we begin to, to love life. And we begin to love God together. And we love the world. And although there may be a struggle, there's, there's, there's heaven mixed in with that struggle. You understand? So that's the refreshing and the restoration. So, so did you pick up on all those? Just a quick, short word, but it can change everything. Repent, return, at times of refreshing. That, that's really what I'm after. That's what I'm after. And that we believe in the restoration that God's going to bring, both now and later. So I, I, don't, I don't know where you're at. But I'm, I'm just wondering if there's anybody that say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, if that wind's blowing, I'm going to put my sail up. Oh, oh yeah, there's a hole in that one. Let's, let me get the stitching out. Let's, let's fix that. Let's get that hole right because we want to catch everything we can and we want to go as far as we can with what he's got. That's a pretty long way. Anybody want to raise the sail and catch the wind?